TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Disasters happen in our life, and when you have a disaster, you need someone to respond, and someone to respond with pride. And we have a locally owned, locally operated business that does that for you. That would be Service Master by Cornerstone. It could be anything. It could be water damage. It could be a busted water heater. It could be frozen pipes, bursted pipes, toilet overflows. You could have storm damage. Mold, you may need mold remediation. You could have a fire and their smoke damage. Regardless, whatever happens, big or small, make sure you hit up Service Master by Cornerstone. They've helped a bunch of residential properties, homes, schools, businesses with damage that they've had from storms and everything else. So make sure that you give Service Master by Cornerstone a call when you have a disaster. Tyler, the president and owner of Service Master by Cornerstone, and his team take pride in helping you at moments like this. Their motto, we don't pray for disaster, we just pray we get called when there is one. So remember that name, locally owned, locally operated, Service Master by Cornerstone. Because they respond so well, that's their number, 901-RESPOND, 901-R-E-S-P-O-N-D, 901 Respond for my good friends at Service Master by Cornerstone. Now, we are live from the Service Master by Cornerstone studios, and in these studios every day, we do a little thing called the Blitz. Now, the biggest stories overloading the line a bull rush of info. It's Gabe's Blitz on the Gabe Coon Show on 92.9 FM ESPN, Memphis's sports station. And always remember that the Blitz is brought to you by Sissy's Log Cabin. Connor, let's hop into it. We had a mini-chain reaction in college football today. Bill O'Brien was hired by Ohio State to be their offensive coordinator this offseason. Today, he left for Boston College to be the head coach. And in response, Ohio State has hired UCLA head coach Chip Kelly as their offensive coordinator. How about this? This is wild stuff. Now, I figured, you know, based on all the rumors I've heard of Chip Kelly being in the running for the commander's OC job in the NFL, he wanted to get out of UCLA. This is sort of the, I know I'm on the hot seat, so let me get the hell out of town so I don't have to get fired. That's what it feels like. Um, but when you look at Chip Kelly and his, his sort of past, when Ryan Day was New Hampshire's quarterback back in the day, Chip Kelly was his OC. So they have a lot of familiarity with each other, and I think Chip Kelly can do a really good job for that offense. The original hire of Bill O'Brien, I like this one a whole lot better. Chip Kelly will run tempo. He will he will try to run the ball. He'll get into some options, sort of, uh, you know, the thought process there, like with what he did at, at uh, Oregon with Marcus Mariota and all those guys. Um, they have a lot more speed. I mean, when we look at Ohio State and what they've been able to do in the transfer portal, you bring in Quinshot Judkins. You have Will Howard as your quarterback. You have Julian Sand waiting in the wings. This is easy for Chip Kelly in a lot of ways. When you look at him going from UCLA as a head coach to Ohio State's OC, you may say, oh, well, that's a, that's a step down. And I know that there's some people that will say, you know, um, 
guys don't want to be head coaches in college football anymore because it's just tough, right? It's just especially these older guys like Chip Kelly. Um, the the recruiting calendar is is a lot harder to deal with, and you just have to be in the office twenty four seven dealing with all that. But when you just look at this job, it's a lot of money that he'll get as the Ohio State. Uh, offensive coordinator. It's less work than being a head coach at UCLA, and he's going to have more talent on the table. And I think he'll have a lot of success. And I think, you know, when you look earlier today, Michigan hired Wink Martindale, who was the DC for the Giants the past few years. What Wink Martindale does is he tries to bring these blitzes, these simulated blitzes. He brings a lot of exotic pressures, and he tries to confuse opposing offenses. I think this is the perfect thing to combat that. Because we know Ohio State and Michigan is the game of the year in the Big Ten every single year on the year. So you have to make sure that you're trying to combat what they're doing on their side. Um, But what do you do to, you know, nullify exotic pressures and blitzes and all the confusion? You run tempo. You make sure they can't get into those things. So I really love this hire in that regard. Um, And then also with Wink Martindale, with the NFL experience he's had, meet NFL experience with Chip Kelly, and he's been in college football the past few years as a head coach, and I thought he was successful for a moment at UCLA, so I love this hire. Um, it is kind of weird to see all of these coaches um, you know, step down from being a head coach to go take a coordinator job. We had Jeff Halfley. The reason Bill O'Brien got the job at Boston College is because Jeff Halfley left to be the Packers D.C., and now you have Chip Kelly leaving UCLA as a head coach to be an OC at Ohio State. It's strange. But I like this move ultimately, and I think this works out for, for all parties. Chip Kelly, Ohio State. So uh, hats off. Tip the cap. Mayor Hodge had some words on Caleb Williams today. Did we he? have it for you. Yeah, and we're just did. gonna We're just going to let him roll. Oh, I've only watched Caleb Williams three games last year, three this year. So I'm only halfway done, okay? The one thing that, I, that is clear, he is not special. He is not something unique like a Patrick Mahomes. And I hope the Bears don't think, well, let's, let's, let's try to make up for our mistake when we pass up Patrick Mahomes and go get the Patrick Mahomes. The kid is not Patrick Mahomes. Ain't even remotely close to that. It is unfair to Justin Fields. He has had new coordinator, new coordinator, new coordinator. There's no possible way you can know about your guy when you do that. It's the worst thing that can happen to any player, especially a quarterback. Now, when Justin came out, the one thing that I thought he had, he had just an inexperience. He just needed more experience. He lacked that. But what I have seen in Justin Fields, from my evaluation, there's enough growth and hope there that I would not lose. I would not let him go because I see enough there. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, he's not special at all. He's not even close to Patrick Mahomes, even though that's where the comps keep coming in because he's decent off-platform. Um. I hate to say this, but this is where I've been. This is what the devil on my shoulder has been telling me about all the conversations about Caleb Williams this entire offseason and this entire season. Everyone wants to make him into the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. Everybody wants to make him into this generational prospect. I personally don't see it on that level. Do I think he's talented? Can he be a number one overall pick? Sure. I think you can develop him. He's got some good natural ability. He's got decent arm talent. He can move out of the pocket. He's got good legs. But he is not a generational quarterback prospect that we're making him to be. Everybody wants to say, oh, best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, if you remember back in the day, 
Andrew Luck was under center consistently. He ran a pro-style offense. He ran a four. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 4'6", at 6'5", 240 pounds. Just stupid. He was he was freakish. <laughs> and he won at a high level at Stanford. So, like, I, I don't I don't get that. And, like, I guess, you know, when, when we look at Caleb Williams, what, in your opinion, I'm asking everybody out there, I'm going to ask you this, Connor, too. What, in your opinion, jumps off, like, what is the thing about Caleb Williams that he does better than any other prospect since Andrew Luck? I can't think of one. People will say, oh, well, he's great off-platform. He's not better than Patrick Mahomes was off-platform. Patrick Mahomes was a number 10 pick. He's not better than Kyler Murray was. Off platform. He's not better than Baker Mayfield was off platform. Justin Fields. Not better than Deshaun Watson off platform. Barely better than Justin Fields off platform. So then you go, okay, what about the arm talent? He's he's right there. I mean, I, I get you know he's he's similar to a lot of guys we've seen. Although I think the accuracy definitely left him a little bit this year when they were seven and five, and it definitely showed. So you, you just keep going down the list. Is he smarter? Is he is he you know better above the neck than a lot of guys? No. Trevor Lawrence, I thought, was better when he was at Clemson. And I thought he was a better prospect, ultimately. I view him sort of in this Kyler Murray-type deal. He's not like the biggest guy. He's good with his legs. That's why people like him. He's got some athleticism. He can do some things off-platform. But to make him the best generational prospect since Andrew Luck, it's always been annoying to me. Because I don't see it. I really don't. And I respect him as a player. I think he can be a good pro. But to make him into something he's not, which is what we've done this entire year into this offseason heading into the draft, it's just it's it's wearing on everybody. It definitely is wearing on Merrill Hodge. Isn't it wild how in sports discourse we have gotten to the spot where if you are calling someone not the next Patrick Mahomes you're labeled as a hater well, or somebody you know, who doesn't you know believe in him you because know- all you're saying is I think he's going to be a good pro it's just more of like the Kyler Murray range than it what, is the Patrick what, Mahomes range what, why can't it be so it's a pro bowler this is this is the thing why can't it be number 1 overall pick best quarterback in the draft why can't it just be that has potential to be why something do, special. Why do we have to push him into Patrick Mahomes? To, oh, he can do the same things as Patrick Mahomes? No, he can't. That's not proven. Only one person has been able to, to do that, and his name's Tom Brady. <laughs> well, and Patrick Mahomes is the only guy that has yeah, like, played it, like Patrick Mahomes in NFL history. That's a different category. But, like, I, again, it's just, I think what it is, Connor, if I really break it down, is the sellability, right? You try to sell these things before we get to the NFL draft because people want to see where Caleb lands and who he lands with and they want to overdo these things because it sells better. But I don't think it's the truth. I think everybody is lying to themselves about who Caleb Williams is as a prospect. Can he be good? Yes. But is he the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck? Hell no. It's not close. It's not close. (laughs) I, I just, 
again, the question I continue to ask, and I've been asking for a long time, ever since all of the NFL draft hype came out, is what does he do better than all the quarterback prospects that came before him? And the problem is I don't get an answer for that. Some people will say, oh, it's the it factor. Well, did the it factor? They won seven games last year. It factor didn't get him over the hump last year, did it? Oh, well, he's great off platform. He's not better than Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Justin Fields. Just keep going down the list. He's not better than any of those. Deshaun Watson. So, like, CJ Stroud? See, there just comes a point where I think everybody has to be real with themselves. And again, Merrill Hodge said what I've been wanting to say out loud for a long, long time. And I respect him for it. So, would you stick with Fields? I don't know if I'd stick with Fields. Like I think that like the money's going to come and you're going to have to re up him. So like you want to start over your 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 uh, quarterback money conversation. You want to make sure you're not paying a lot of money. You want that rookie contract. So maybe still go with Caleb Williams. That's fine. But again, like my issue is not with the Bears, you know, treating Justin Fields wrong. Although I think that it's they've mismanaged it really badly. My issue is with all of the hype around Caleb Williams and all of the discussion about him being this generational, unbelievable Patrick Mahomes type prospect. That's it's just not a it's not a reality. Again, I'm I don't hate Caleb Williams. I think Caleb Williams is a good quarterback and I think he can be fine at the next level. I think it'll take a lot more development than people are giving it credit for. And I also think it depends on where he lands. It's with any quarterback prospect. If he lands with the with the freaking Bears, or the commanders, it's going to be tough sledding. That's just how it is. Okay? Like, they, 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 those are bad situations at this particular moment. I think the commanders can pay some money this offseason, get some weapons. If he landed with them, sure, I, maybe things could, could go the right way. If he lands with the Bears, let's be honest about the Bears quarterback situation. I mean, they, they've never been good. They, they've been trying to find good quarterbacks since the 80s, since they won Super Bowls in the 80s. And their best quarterback since then has been what? Jay Cutler? Like, I, in the end of the day, I think all this hype for Caleb Williams is lying. You're lying to yourself, and I think it's unfair to him. I agree with that, yeah. It's because you're not saying that you don't believe in Caleb Williams. You think that he – if you're comping him to somebody like Kyler Murray, that's a Pro Bowl quarterback. It's just – you just want people to have realistic expectations so they're not killing this kid if he's not, if he's not an, Patrick amazing Mahomes. in his rookie season. Yeah. <laughs> like t- it's I think it's more likely he has a rookie season that's closer to like a Bryce Young type of situation than it is a Patrick Mahomes situation. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, Especially that's because it's going to be the Bears. That's fair. And obviously Patrick Mahomes didn't play his rookie year because Alex Smith was there, so we're sort of comping second year, first year playing to first year playing. But no, like I, I'm, I'm totally on board. I, I agree with every, every utterance. It's just, and again, I want to add there. I, I, that's not saying that Bryce Young, I think, is bad. That's his, his situation was terrible, and he and just wasn't him, able. It, it, yeah. yeah, he had to adjust. There's time you for adjustment. You can't overcome your situation sometimes, right. and that has been the case with how many Bears quarterbacks since the '80s? Every single one. Every <laughs> single one of them. So, like I, again, I just think realistic expectations need to be brought into this, and honestly. As opposed to a lot of guys I see, you know, out front talking about the NFL draft, I respect Merrill Hodge and I respect his opinion. I think he he's no longer at ESPN because he was too real about some of these guys. I remember he went after Jadavion Clowney. Now, Jadavion Clowney had a good year this year, but he was right for the most part. He said this guy's going to have to develop. The reason he's getting a a you know number one overall pick grade 
is because of that one hit he had in the in the bowl game, outback bowl one against hit Michigan. It was, it was unbelievable. It was awesome. <laughs> but he, he always said he's not as developed as you guys are acting like he is, and I think he's right about Caleb Williams as well. Like I said, this has been the devil on my shoulder, has been screaming this in my ear with all of the Caleb Williams comps to, you know, the type of prospect he's been, you know, comparing him to Andrew Luck and, you know, just you, – you, it's too much. It's too much. And Merrill Hodge has had enough with it, and I have had enough with it, and I think most people um, who are level-headed about these things have had enough with it as well. But that will do it for the Blitz. We have one more segment left in the day, one more segment left in the week. We'll come back on the other side, and we'll rewind. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. <laughs> 